It's a heartwarming tale of a spunky orphan, her curmudgeonly foster father, her friends, her dog, and her leprechaun gopher. It's Watchbots! everyone welcome to watchbots the podcast where the only brewster we're interested in is millions <laughs> brewster's millions <laughs> this is ben i liked it i liked it i'm here with dave hi how are you i'm doing okay you get you get top Great. billing because you you took the joke in and destroyer of joy shalen hello hi there we go Prophecy fulfilled. Yeah, she did the thing. <laughs> biggity, biggity, it's a call and response show now. So <laughs> the three of us get together uh, IRL in real life over the weekend to watch some all elite wrestling. They had their revolution pay-per-view over the weekend. And I was interested in it because they were advertising an exploding barbed wire death match. Exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Exploding barbed wire deathmatch. And when Ben said exploding barbed wire deathmatch, I had to go over. I had to break break all the rules <laughs> that we've been following for so long. This was what drew me out of my cave. Such a dirty boy with the dirty rule oh. breaking. Wow, yeah, that was creepy. I've, I've, been, I've been naughty. Nope, we're not doing this. Nope. B- baby. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so for listeners who aren't aware, the... The death match is a professional wrestling staple. You usually would think about it in the early 2000s with backyard wrestling, but really it had been popularized in uh, Japan is where I was most familiar with it. But an exploding barbed wire death match is described thusly. You take away the usual ropes of the squared circle. You replace them with barbed wire that explodes when you get thrown into it. Hence, exploding barbed wire. That's correct. You have boards on the outside of the ring also covered in barbed wire, which explode when you get thrown onto them. Finally, after a certain amount of time, in this case 30 minutes, the whole ring explodes. Now, if you look up exploding barbed wire deathmatch on YouTube, you will see some fucked up shit. Rings exploding, guys burned to hell, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Really insane stuff. Now, the match itself here between the pugilists Kenny Omega and John Moxley was a brutal affair. You know, just barbed wire sticking into their skin, some real <laughs> grisly stuff. Just uh, gashes on foreheads, just like, you know, really painful looking cuts all over their arms and backs and torsos, just really gross stuff. That was brutal enough. And just the, the thought of, the explosion at the end. You're like, what are they going to do? What's going to happen? The match ended. And <laughs> no, I laughed at this part because the match ended before the ring exploded. But the announcers made sure to say, there are no fail safes. <laughs> this this <laughs> motherfucker's going to blow. And it ended with, with John Moxley and a, a former foe turned pal, like covering him to save his life. 
like jumping on a grenade to save your buddy's life. Yeah, like the kid in Child's Play three, three. in the military yes. school. It was a, it was live fire. They didn't know. He got all fucked up. But the countdown was on. The anticipation rose. Shailen cringed. My body clenched so hard that I think some of my bones broke. I was ready. We hit zero. And what happened? <laughs> it was, you know... You know what the kids love, Shailen, on July 4th, getting those little sparklers out and then like, you know, you write in the air with them and people take little pictures and it says like love. Yeah, people do that at the end of weddings with like they right. do bubbles and sparklers. That and- was, yeah, that was beautiful. about what this explosion was. It was sparklers shooting up from the ring posts, <laughs> a couple of like blanks and that's it. It was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley's meet cute. Like, that's how they met. <laughs> the crowd booed. Clearly, something had gone wrong because Eddie Kingston, who was the the faux-turned-friend, the camera panned in and zoomed so dramatically on his hand, which flopped open because he'd passed out because his head was down, and he couldn't possibly have seen how fucking sad and disappointing it was. It was so delightful in all of the levels of failure that I have come to love about live entertainment. (laughs) When I watch professional wrestling... I either want to be gripped, which the best it can happen at the best, say what you will about mm-hmm. how low class it is, or I want to laugh hysterically at how goofy it is. This felt so firmly like I was gripped by the match, and then I get to laugh hysterically at the ending. So it really is the best of both worlds. <laughs> it was um, your perfect match. <laughs> I, it's not going to send me down the deathmatch road of watching like dudes slicing each other open with fucking panes of glass or stabbing each other with skewers, because that's real fucked Thank up Thank God shit. for that. Yeah, I think the problem with that kind of match, and now AEW is still sort of, it's like indie with money, right? But it's still, it's it's televised, it's WWE's current competitor, so it's 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 got to play it safe somehow. But when you have a match like that, right, and you say like the the ring is going to explode, it's not going to explode like you would you would have saw in the, the YouTube videos that Ben was watching, mm-hmm. but like it's got to look bigger than four Fourth of July sparklers going off. Yeah, like if the lights had dimmed a little or something. Yeah, or <laughs> or even if they just played it off and the guy was like, "Oh, the ring didn't explode," but it still looked like he saved his friend or he wanted to save his friend. So like that right. would have been fine too, but everything just felt really flat, like a just like a limp dick, <laughs> and uh, and it was it was great. I loved it, and I also loved going over your house and just being around other human beings so thank you very much sure and we we all celebrated by going out back and whipping each other with barbed wire yeah not me i just stood there with sparklers and kept screaming they're gonna explode there's no fail safe <laughs> we have the room on our property now i want to get my backyard wrestling fed going big money wrestling will be what it's called big money <laughs> wrestling they can walk through the side patio that'll be the entrance way think about it for short it's bm wrestling <laughs> Listen, I found a local wrestling school nearby that does rent wrestling rings, so this is not an impossibility. Something to think about. Nothing about Watchbots it. Wrestling, WBW. Another thing to think about here real quick. Today, there was a new Ninja Turtles arcade game announced. Well, it's, it's yes. coming to computers, but it's in the style of the old arcade games. And for whatever reason, alongside this announcement, which is exciting enough, the powers that be behind Ninja Turtles released a version of the cartoon theme song sung by Mike Patton from Faith No More. 
He's a renowned and well-known fan of the Ninja Turtles. Sure. Do you Just want to... kidding. I don't think that's true. They, 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 yeah, it, it is. is. Like, oh man, we need uh, we, we need this guy to introduce our our cartoon or our, our video game. Like, what? <laughs> do you know what Mike Patton singing Ninja Turtles sounds like? Play it. Oh, play it. I guess I could pull it up. I'll preface this by saying. There was an, an interview, like in the press release, and he's like, "Finally, music I can play from my nieces." <laughs> and it's just like, "What the fuck are we doing in this world?" <laughs> but let me pull this up here. It's it. It's mutant. It's it. It's mutant. That's wait, a, wait, wait. That's enough. So it just sounds <laughs> the same. <laughs> it sounds the same to slightly worse as if it was a version that, you know, somebody recorded the, the heavy metal version of Ninja Turtles and put it on YouTube. Yeah. You ever get um like you, you go on Spotify and you're looking for a song, but the artist isn't on Spotify yet, mm-hmm. but you find a cover of it and you're like, what is this? It sounds like some weird karaoke version by someone who whose English is, is their second language. Like this is, this is odd. That's what that sounded like. There are are ways to do it better. If you YouTube search, if you YouTube search, um, Saturday morning slow jams, (laughs) there is a group of musicians who do R and B versions of theme songs. So they do the Ninja Turtles theme song and it's spectacular and transformers as well. But this Mike Patton version, it didn't make me more excited for the game. Now, nobody is more, of a faith no more end than I am, but it says move the needle. Just made me sad. It's like, oh, you made know, you sad. This this guy went to his niece's okay? birthday party <laughs> and like wanted to seem cool, so he played a song that people had heard before. And it's like, oh, but you know, we're just trying to have cheeseburgers and cake here. Can you just stop doing that, Mike? This isn't a Ninja Turtles theme party, but 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 don't you guys want to hear it? And his nieces are thirty five. <laughs> hey, you're cool, Uncle Mike. So, it's, songs for my nieces. I'm seventy four. Speaking of things aimed at thirty five year olds, yeah. You know, recently we and we talked about this last episode. Uh, Peacock <laughs> launched a a Punky Brewster reboot. And it has spurred us to our topic this week, which is It's Punky Brewster, which is the name of the cartoon, but really Punky Brewster in the general sense. And this was a Shailen pick. And... (sighs) I mean, obviously it was a Shailen pick. What's your deal? What's your deal? Obviously. You know, we were talking about Punky Brewster, and I was like, well, we have a very obvious contender for our next cartoon because Punky Brewster had a cartoon. And I remember as a kid watching this, I think on VHS cassette, I don't think I watched it live. And it is the exact show I remembered, which never happens on this show. It's always way worse or way better than I remembered. Mm -hmm. This was just as foolishly bad, but like cringy Mm -hmm. as I remembered it to be. Two stars. It was fine. No, let's get to the end of the episode before I read it. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting some of the reactions... That you guys had, which is okay. Like we, you know, we sometimes text with each other after we watch the you show. Know, we're like, oh, what a what a little show we watched there. Oh wow, that was a gem. What a real gem. That's my text voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey Ben, look at this funny gif I found. <laughs> LOL. Check it out. 
It embodies Ruffle so Mow. many things that I do love, which is when you take a live action TV show mm-hmm. that's mediocre and you turn it into a shitty cartoon. So this is where I'm going to get into my long winded history of Punky Brewster. So usually folks will know, you know, we'll go into like the history behind the cartoon here. There's really not a ton. We'll get into it. But Punky Brewster, there was so much going on here that I didn't necessarily recognize or know as a youth. The original show is an NBC joint. It was the first primetime sitcom made from a kid's point of view for a target of audience of kids under the age of 12. It aired on primetime and not Saturday mornings, and there's a reason for this. It helped satisfy an FCC mandate, which stated that early evening programming on the broadcast networks had to be news-oriented, so 60 minutes, or had to be somewhat educational. So that's why the show, despite being aimed at kids, got into drug addiction being locked in fridges, multiple appearances <laughs> by the Bee Gees, Andy Gibb, things like that. Drinking Drano from under the sink. Absolutely. Calling poison control. How to call poison control. Yes. The executive here behind this is a guy named Brandon Tartikoff. Now, we talked about him last year. He was the guy behind Saved by the Bell and you know it's 75 different brethren, but he was an executive at NBC at the time. And the Punky Brewster character was named after his childhood crush, who he contacted to say, hey, can we use the name Punky? And then he also brought her on the show as a cameo. So like, it pays to know rich people. Huh. Did people know that it was her like his i mean you did his 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 beloved like that's that's a weird cameo or a weird thing to call a cameo well, like i think that it had to do with the fact that they used her name and were wildly successful but then didn't pay her and so they were like you want to be on tv that was the I urban see. legend okay. that Anybody i came across the dog brandon was named after brandon tartikoff now here's an interesting thing the dog's real name is sandy which is funny because Sandy is the name of the dog from Annie, and this show is the biggest Annie ripoff that you could ever imagine. Literally little orphan Annie. <laughs> like, what are the odds that the dog would have been named Sandy? It's like they had to go out and find a dog with that name. I mean, I guess if you're training a dog to be on television, it makes sense that you would name it a famous dog's name. <laughs> Like, I had a giant orange cat that I named. I just got galaxy brain. <laughs> I feel like I just had a pound of weed. What are you talking about? Like, if, yeah. if yeah, man. That's right. You got to train those dogs. You know what I'm saying? If your yeah. occupation is weird stage mom to a dog, uh-huh. then it's very likely that you're going to name your dog a character from some place that your dog might perform, right? Someone who's training this dog to be on TV might be thinking, someday this is going to be Little Orphan Annie's dog on Broadway. So why not just name it the name it will be? That's like how I named my childhood dog, yeah. Peter North. Same same principle, right? <laughs> you guys ever wonder if like the dogs are actually training us? <laughs> My justification makes sense when you're both being jerks. Uh, Listeners, we want to hear from you on Twitter at WatchBotsPod. Hashtag. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Stage dog. Stage dog. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag old dogs. (laughs) Wild dogs can't be broken. Anyway. So the show song, the original show song, you know, every time I turn around and then I fucking fall down on the ground. That's um, not the words. Was written by a guy named Gary Portnoy. 
and he's not, as far as I know, related to the the guy from Barstool Sports, but he did write the song from Cheers. Yes. And he also wrote the song to Mr. Fucking Belvedere. I'll skip a double do bop. So that's funky, that is the that's like top those he's written the top three favorite sitcom theme songs for me. What about Perfect Strangers? Oh, that's pretty good. Did he write that one too? No, no. probably. Mr. Belvedere really trumps them all. I got a dog. I named him Fred Astaire because I want him to act on the stage. And if I've you want to cast my dog, mustache. <laughs> I'll skip a boop. Now, the story of the show Punky Brewster is really incredibly <laughs> fucking wild, guys. <laughs> so it's about this girl named Punky, right? Her father left her and her mom at a young age. Her mom, named Susan Brewster, ditches her and Brandon while they're shopping for groceries. For what it's worth, it looks like they they looked for punky's mom for a while Mm -hmm. and then that storyline just kind of faded away but what punky does it after a while they stop looking just telling you what i what i read in the episode descriptions who's they like punky and the dog mostly henry henry oh oh henry okay okay so she goes to an apartment building finds a vacant apartment and is then found by henry who is the curmudgeonly widower photographer slash apartment manager and police chief from police again (laughs) yes he looks like Lloyd Bridges, even though he's not Lloyd Bridges. She meets her best friend, Cherry, and we're off. We're off and running. So the, the first couple of seasons aired on NBC, and there's like, you know, the Henry, Punky, Odd Couple thing. It's about them trying to find the mom for a bit. Henry officially adopts her in season two. Henry's studio burns down, and then he almost dies of an ulcer. I remember that that adoption episode. That was huge. Big, that was big. big deal. That was big, deal. big period viewing TV. Henry got addicted to pills. Henry almost had an ulcer and died. But, you know, that that kind of stuff. The show was canceled by NBC after two seasons, along with Silver Spoons, which was airing alongside it, because this was in that weird, you know, like 30-year period where people fucking loved 60 Minutes, could not get enough 60 Minutes, and it just completely crushed the show in the ratings. But it got picked up to run in syndication for two more seasons. Now it was like a five-day-a-week show. Going to read you a little bit here. About season three and four. As Punky herself embarked on junior high, her avant-garde day glow and multicolored attire, along with her pigtails, segued into more traditional teenage styles. And her declaration of, and reliance on, Punky power gave way to the realization that intelligence, common sense, and a strong will can get one out of any problem. More of her dalliances with boys entered the stories, with the ones she chased and those that tried to pursue her. Punky's spunk and vivacious attitude toward life did remain, though. (laughs) Spunk. Thanks in part to the sunshine brought in by the most important man in her life, her adoptive dad. That's from Wikipedia. (laughs) Some flowery language in there. Seasons three and four go in some weird places. I think I had tuned out by this point. Henry sells his studio at the mall to like a photo store chain called Glossies. And can you imagine a photo store chain in 2011 or 2021? I can't wow. imagine either. Time, time has lost all meaning. But then they made him the manager, and then it sucks. So he takes the money to pursue Punky and Sherry's dream of opening a spot in the mall that's like the max, and they call it Punky's Place. But they're teenagers. That's right. And but then he's the one investing in running the business. But they're running it too. 
they're helping. And then a lot of shit happens. Like he's running a restaurateur. He's a photographer. Anyway, um, a lot of weird shit happens. <laughs> and the series finale is Brandon the dog getting married. <laughs> <laughs> he meets a dog named Brenda and they get married to an audience of dogs. According to the actress who portrayed Cherry, it's not supposed to be the series finale, but there was a writer's strike. And I don't know. It makes sense. I just want to take a brief pause to point out pause. that you guys should never have doubted that I was going to bring Punky Brewster here because the series finale was a dog marrying a dog in front of an audience of dogs. And that's adorable. But that took place years after what we're actually here to talk about. It doesn't matter. It's all connected. Which is this cartoon. First season, big, big, big hit. And NBC said, you know what? We need some of that animation money. So they went for like the 55th episode in a row for us. They went to the dudes at Ruby Spears and said, give us a cartoon. They were like, we have a live action property that we need to make into animated garbage. <laughs> and <laughs> Put it in the machine. This is Get me Joe Spears. <laughs> this is punky classic. So you got punky, you got Henry, you got Cherry, you got Brandon. You have their pals, Margo, who's the rich girl, Alan, who's the little dweeb. These are the characters. And nothing else says Punky Classic more than a new character, Glomer, who looks like a squirrel cat with a Van Gogh mustache beard thing, but he's described as a leprechaun. Uh, Van Dyke? Yes. No, a Van Gogh. He's got the little beard. It's a Van Dyke. No, it's not. It's a, that's, that's called a Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke was clean shaven. Don't fucking. No, it's, a, it's, it's modeled after Jerry Van Dyke, his brother. <laughs> that, that's also not true. <laughs> It's shorter and fatter than Dick. It's actually, it's it's named after Barry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's son and star mm. of Diagnosis Murder. Diagnosis Murder. Catch it on ID. What a show. On reruns. For all your ID needs. So Glomer is actually a leprechaun gopher. He comes from Chondun, a city at the end of the rainbow, and he possesses various magical powers. <laughs> various magical powers. On the one hand... My initial reaction to this was, if you wanted to make a cartoon about these characters and it didn't work, like why was this the direction you went? And then I had a more rational thought, which was NBC backed the Briggs truck up and Ruby Spears was like, fuck it, like this works. And I <laughs> respect that hustle. You know, I'm not the cynical bastard that I often am. I respected this for what it was. I think they had this idea that we we need this is a great property. We need to make a cartoon out of it, right? And then they started making the cartoon. They were like, wait a minute. We could have just shot this live action. It would have been the same thing. So now they have to bring in like these, they have to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and bring in this like crazy element of a end of the rainbow mm -hmm. leprechaun gopher. The leprechaun gopher. Thing. Glomer. By the yeah. way. Or Glomer. I don't know what this is. Happy almost St. Patrick's Day. This was connected tangentially to our, our <gasps> schedule. When we go live, it'll be just shy of St. Patrick's Day. So we can celebrate with Glomer. That's SEO that you can't buy, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's current. Love that kismet. And also, they play football, which is kind of a sport like basketball, and we're heading into March Madness. So it's all intertwined. Took it a step too great, far. Great synergy. So this cartoon aired for two seasons in 1985 and 1986. It was later syndicated and packaged with a show called Maxie's World, which was trying to sell ripoff Barbies mm -hmm. and also old favorite Beverly Hills teens. NBC also brought it back in 1988 to replace another failed children's show called Two, the number two, Hip, Four, TV, 
which was a variety show aimed at children that was hosted by Colin Quinn and Amit Zappa. It was set in a bowling alley. <laughs> That's the worst set of hosts for a kid's show. <laughs> and it had musical guests like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Eddie Brickle and the New Bohemians, and Elvez, who's the Mexican Elvis. I'm pretty sure that we need to see that show. That's a show I want to watch. I want to watch Two yeah. Hip 4 TV. How old were the kids they were going for? <laughs> uh, Under 18. 17. I don't know. <laughs> That's a terrible, <laughs> a terrible grouping of people. There's not a lot of variety shows now, and it makes sense, but I always appreciate when you go back to an old variety show, like even think about The Muppet Show or something on Disney Plus now, by the way, and it's like, oh man, look at these people making appearances, and they're all little babies, like Jay Leno showing up on Carson in a bad suit and like huge hair. You know, like I just appreciate these huge, huge stars. Now they had to like, they're at the dregs, you know, they they started at the bottom, now they're here. Like you see Murphy Brown early on, and then you're like, wow, this is what she was like before she was Murphy <laughs> fucking Brown. What does Murphy Brown you know? do now? She was on that reboot. Oh, God, Swims there was a, a Murphy Brown money? reboot. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot. It, we're at the point in life now, and I don't want this to be the reboot smashing hour here, but there are so many reboots now that I've just forgotten that a lot of them exist. Mm. Like that Say by the Bell one, I was going to sit down and watch it, but it was like a moment in time, and now it's out of the zeitgeist, and I will never go back to it. I feel like that's any bit of content now. It's like, oh man, you got to catch this before like people stop talking about it or you'll never see it. It's not gone. It's just no one's talking about it. So there's, I don't know, there's like no, there's it, no impetus, impetus to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. See, I've always consistently been five to seven years behind on everything, always. So No, don't say that. That means there's still a chance that I will eventually watch the Murphy Brown Ooh. reboot. Um, Boy, I didn't even try to hide that burp in the mic. I'm no, sorry. That was fucking gross. <laughs> Oh, I can like it, it sounded so bad I could smell it. Oh. It's awful. Shelly, you were talking about Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah, so there's still a chance that I'll watch the Murphy Brown reboot. It's possible. It could happen. It's not going to happen. You need to watch Shit's Creek for the fourth time in the calendar year 2021. It's a good show. That's what I hear. It's a very good show. Yeah, you know what? Not interested. Oh, I'm bad. I'm too cool to think things are funny. No, I, I'm just too busy watching 30 <laughs> year old wrestling and uh, Survivor. <laughs> That's all I need. I hate it when people make <laughs> jokes and are poignant. And are poignant? Yeah. <laughs> make a poignant statement that I won't hate. I can't just like whip something. I'm talking about the TV show. It's not like a commanded thing. The comedy show doesn't make poignant statements. It does. Hey guys, it's me texting you again. Please stop fighting. We're on air, remember? Poignant statements. Heart emoji. The only show that made reaction. poignant statements was the Smothers Brothers. I look at that. Exclamation point. So enjoy they, the rest of the show, Ben. They I'm use yo- yo-yos to... <laughs> I don't know. Talk about Vietnam. And it made you think. Yeah, it's true. Speaking of things that made you think. <laughs> Just like Laurel and Hardy. The episode we watched here was the premiere episode of It's Punky Brewster. And it had two parts to it. So you got Punky to the rescue and quarter size quarterback, which is nice. Like, if you don't love one of the stories, and how could you possibly not love the stories, you quickly move on to the next. You know, you're not beholden to this for 22 minutes. It's a clever thing. It aired in the middle of Punky Mania, September 14th, 1985. I wonder what else was going on then. <laughs> Maybe the world was blind. Maybe you got some context. Don't know. I do. Every time you turn around, you went to see Bat to the Future in the movie that grounds. Teen Wolf was number two. 
<laughs> Michael J. Fox was doing well. Do-do-do. Pee-wee's Big Adventure and that guy that wanted his bike and he was a whiny bee. The good week at the movies. Also, I <laughs> fell down a um, like a wish book hole, you know? You remember like the Sears wish books that, sh- that you get in the mail? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a website that has archived all of them. So I was looking through the 1985 one and I didn't pull out anything in particular, but there was like Seiko watches and crazy fashion and tents and those that thing is gone you know like target sends them out i think amazon sent them out for a couple of years but it's too slick now the message is lost yeah i loved the jc penny adam as, as well but you'd get like the 500 page book around the holiday season and i would just flip open to the the kids toy section and you know they'd have the jurassic park toys mm-hmm. set up just exactly how you would set them up my sisters would like just fawn over the Barbies and like the, how they were all set up in the house. It was just like they would have set them up. It was it was perfect. I would have loved that job. I'm like, oh yeah, I work for Sears. I'm the toy setter upper. I want that job now. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome. My, I, I like my job, but that sounds pretty great. I'm gonna take up freelance toy photography. My dad worked <laughs> at Toys R Us for a while, and he was on the overnight shift, and. He was doing it, and again, this was like a really like cool dad move. He was doing it to scope out the big toys that year, which I believe were Power Rangers, but he couldn't set them aside to buy them, so he had to like squirrel them away. But the point of the story is, it has nothing to do with toy photography, but they needed a night watchman at points, like to make sure that you know the Fast and the Furious gang didn't come rob the trucks. So he would sit outside in his car and watch them unload the trucks, and they called that being on Jeffrey duty. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Jeffrey is the giraffe mascot of Toys R Us. So that was my dad. I feel like the guard in the prison that Jeffrey Epstein was in <laughs> did he? He was a he, he derelicted his uh, his Jeffrey duties. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was well paid to be on Jeffrey duty. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that Hillary Clinton. Anyway, here's the song for the show. <laughs> Woke up in the morning like my mother said, what you gonna do with your life? Abandoned by my mommy at the grocery store, I found an old chode. Halfway done. Getting locked in refrigerators. Drinking poison, causing poison control. Running restaurants at 12 years old. Burying dogs when they don't want to. Do you guys remember when the remake of The Locomotion came out in the late 80s? Of course. It was a defining moment (laughs) in my life. I think the Mickey Mouse Club did it too. Like they covered it. (laughs) Locomotion was huge. Let me think of that. This opening, 
I didn't realize when we watched this that this was the first episode. <laughs> I also didn't know that this Glomer character was involved. Yeah, Ben went in completely blind, which was really fun for me to watch. <laughs> As did I. Yeah, this was... What a trip. The first 35 seconds of this song are devoted to her and her pals stumbling at the end of the rainbow and finding this character and the mix is bad in the songs. So, like they're singing about what he is and I like I don't know. And then he got left behind just like Punky. They're it, same, same. It starts off uh, sounding like mildly like doo-woppy, like bo, 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 bo. And then it turns into girls just want to have fun. And like Henry looks like a fucking motion. fox. Henry was an old man in the show. Here he's like, he's like a Rex Bannon. <laughs> the, Race Bannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did the Ruby Spears thing. They were like, well, we've got an adult male. We have to make him jacked. They don't know and, another way. Square jawed and sexy. <laughs> they did the Henry character some favors here. And maybe he deserved them for being such a darn good guy. He was a good looking fella when he was uh, early in his career. Henry was. I was reading about him earlier. World War II vet, mm. hero. Yes. Another thing I didn't realize here until after the fact was that they, and again, in Ruby Spears fashion, they pointed out the Bucks. I thought that Henry threw out. <laughs> I thought it was a different guy and that they gave him the instruction to do like a drunk Indiana Jones. And then I looked and I was like, no, that's that's Henry. He's just a bad voice actor. They brought back the whole cast. Yeah, I think that they were recording this at the on the same day that they were doing table reads for the live action show. Right, son of a bitch, Punky. All right, everybody. Take five, have a sandwich, and then come back and do your voice recordings. This is also in episode 107 or whatever the fuck this is for us. This is a new record. This opening went one minute and 16 seconds. Holy moly. <laughs> Just, and it felt like one minute and 16 seconds. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a good song. I it's like fine. it. <laughs> it's catchy. It's not the live action Punky Brewster, but it, it's good. Truly, what is? I believe it's a Saban, Saban Levy joint. That I don't know. I couldn't find it. Let's go with, yes, they all are. Sure did sound I think like it is. It. At, the, at, the, at the end of the credits, I, I believe, uh, the ending credits, they, I think it says as much. I heard that they were down in Nicaragua, and they were on some Hobby Lobby business, and they were sitting around, and they were like, <laughs> watching Punky Brewster on the tube, and these goofballs were like... Not these guys again, Ben. Punky needs a song, and that's, that's Hollywood magic. And then they shoved artifacts up their ass with lube. <laughs> And, but these guys, like, I mean, they're, yes, they're working for Hobby Lobby, and and um, I feel like we're going to get sued by them. But uh, they're Season also like, at least. But, sure, yeah, yeah. The, these two guys are, are are legit good dudes too. Mm-hmm. Very legit good dudes. Yeah. Let's just go back and listen to our last episode where we talked about Mr. T. If you want the whole the whole Hobby Lobby story, and and how could you not? So the first part of the episode here is Punky to the rescue. And it was written by two guys, Mike Wheats, who I could find no record of on the internet. I looked up Mike Wheats. I looked up Mike Oltz. I looked up Michael Oltz. Nothing. No INDB records. But I did find his partner here, Mike Chain. Mike Chain, a real renaissance man, you guys. He wrote some episodes of She-Ra, wrote some okay. Rambo, Force of Freedom, wrote some Police Academy cartoon, wrote some Link the Little Dinosaur was the story editor on all of the Rambo episodes. More recently, he's also directed 13 episodes of something called The Chain Comedy Hour, which I'm going to guess is a very sad internet production. Haven't looked it up. He also has... <laughs> he's, he's, a, 
<laughs> co-produced with Mark Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> he also <laughs> has cameoed in Different Strokes and Chuck Norris, and he was the voice in the original Transformers show for Hoist, the tow truck, Red Alert, and Power Glide, the plane that we discussed a, a few weeks back. Huh. Months. A few months back. Whatever. Time is a flat circle. That was a long, long time ago. Shailen, I have a question for you. What? If Mike Chain had a dog, given what you know about him, what would that dog's name be? Rambo. There's not even hesitation. <laughs> I think it would be Sandy. No, he's not a weird <laughs> stage dog mom. <laughs> How do you know he's a Renaissance guy? Because that would have been in his credits. So as we get into this cartoon here, <laughs> I want to lay out two theories that I think really, they shaped over the 22 minutes of the show, and I want to get into them. Here's my two theories. You ready? Number one, Henry is a hitman. He's a paid assassin. Okay. Okay? Number two, this show is incredibly perverted. <laughs> it's it's really be one of those down. episodes. It's not one of those episodes. It's that show. No. Do you ever just look in the mirror, Ben, and think, like, maybe I'm the one? <laughs> maybe I'm the problem here? Maybe guys, I'm the one we'll who's reading weird sexuality into a place where it doesn't exist on a kid's show. Yeah, because the Disney animators didn't sneak penises into things. These animators and writers are sick fucks. I'm not doubting they're sick fucks, but I think... I'm going to get a dissertation. I'm going to be the cancel culture guy on these old cartoons. Get them off YouTube. They're ruining the youth. <sighs> so the show opens up with... Cherry. Is it Cherry or Cherry? Cherry. I'm going to fuck this up a lot. Cherry? Sh- <laughs> cherry. Cherry. They're in Punky's apartment. There's a phone call. It's real normal shit. Come out! Come out! Wilmer, this is a phone. You talk into it. Hello? Really? A job for Henry in Florida? He'll take it! <laughs> and I had forgotten... <laughs> what Henry did for a career. And then it comes up that he's a photographer and that the job is to <laughs> take pictures of skydivers in Florida, even though they live in Chicago. So I guess there were no photographers. So he could be a famous photographer, right? Out of context, because I didn't look up what Henry did for, for work. It just sounds like he's scrambling for any job right. and people just call his house and they're like we want to give henry a job which is i think how the 80s worked i think that's how my dad got his <laughs> job getting jobs back in the 80s was much easier yeah you didn't have to go through all this networking and all this linkedin profile you know polishing and all that bullshit it was you could have just you just waited near your phone and you got a phone call and they were like we're going to give you a job get on a and plane. Your kid could accept it for you mm-hmm. My theory is that the first Mike, the writer, Weets. Weets, was a Weets. child and didn't understand how anything worked. So he's like, yeah, you know, like someone called and was like, Henry, have a job in Florida. Everyone get on a plane. And the other Mike was like, I'm not going to rein this fucking in. I'm not doing it. Just let it happen. Let this happen. This kid's gold. We can't stifle his creativity. It, well, he probably was getting paid so little, you know, that he'd... He's just like, meh, I don't know how to have reason into this. I'm the adult. They didn't want to hurt him developmentally either. Right. Like, you can't say no to that. Be like, okay, all right, kid, you got this. You got this scene. We'll write the next one. Then you can do the ne- the, the one after that. If Mike Wheats had a dog, it would be the Joker. Because Mike Wheats is apparently an agent of chaos. Yeah, totally. That's what he brought here. That's what he was striving for. So <laughs> 
Punky explains to Cherry that the job is skydiving, and we get the first of many death threats. Punky, Henry will kill you. And maybe he will, because Henry comes in (laughs) from wherever the fuck he was, and he's like, I forgot my keys. And then Punky says, oh, to pay the rent, I got you this job. So (laughs) she (laughs) explains it, right? And we get... We get some of that world-famous Punky and Henry chemistry. The spunk that they brought together. All you gotta do is jump out of a plane and take pictures of some daredevil skydivers. What do you say? In a word, no. <laughs> I love their chemistry. Sparkling, right? It just, <laughs> just jumps it's out like, at you. <laughs> It's like the sparklers on the, the exploding barbed wire death match, mm-hmm. just like fizzling everywhere. In a word. No. No. So no. Henry r- rightfully says, no, he's an old man and nothing in his background would shout to me. This is a man who is like, he's an extreme photographer. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like Werner Herzog, like being out with the skiers on the mountains or something like that. He's an old man who I think runs like a portrait studio in Chicago. That's no, correct. who does do, is this a plot point in the live action series? Do they have trouble paying the rent a lot, or is this just a plot point for this episode of this cartoon? As I recall, and I could have this wrong because I was little. Every once in a while, like there would be something about like, oh, he's taking on this thing for some cash. He wasn't a rich dude, but I don't remember him being like, Punky, you have to pay the rent because I'm supporting you and your dog and I didn't want children. Well, an important point, he's the apartment manager and he's a photographer, so he has like... He has an occupation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has, yeah. He has a career and it's assassin because Punky, she doesn't even really try to guilt him and he's like, fine, I'll go jump out of a plane and he has no other qualms about it <laughs> because he was going down there to actually kill somebody. Sure. I have a job to do there anyway. I'll go, Punky. The call was meant for him to pick up, and instead of saying we need Henry to come and shoot a man when he jumps out of a helicopter, yep. they said shoot a man with his camera. <laughs> and then, like, there was a she lot of like understand. winking, yeah, because she's a dumb kid. Yeah. You know? So Henry accepts, but he lays down a guilt trip of his own. All right, but if I don't come back, it's on your conscience. That's a heavy thing to lay on a child. <laughs> what do you mean? Crazy stuff. It comes back to Bruce too. <laughs> This is on you, you stupid kid. <laughs> Do that to my kids all the time. God damn it. If you make me burn this dinner, it's on you. It's on your conscience. It's on your soul. There's an urgency to this that was never really explained because it's like, oh, you have to leave now. You have to go to the airport. Like, he doesn't have a ticket. There was no information exchanged. But he goes, Do I have time to get my umbrella? And then Glomer, who Henry does not know, Tries to hand him a tennis racket. It's, oh God, it's so contrived and stupid. Why is Glomer mm-hmm. secrets? I think this is a this is a common trope in ch- children's cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like, why are these magical creatures always secrets? Kids are always keeping secrets from their parents. Like, why is that? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is because, as E.T. showed us, once the adults find out, the government comes in and ruins everything. I think there's a gentler reason. And to get to it, we're going to look back at Alf. And we know from Alf that Willie Tanner, the father, knew about Alf, right? But the actor who played Willie Tanner hated Alf and hated the experience so much. So I think that exposure 
to like a magical creature or an alien or whatever, it sucks the life force away. It just causes pure hatred. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Just like that. I have a horrible theory that I don't really believe in. I'm going to lay out here. Okay. Go on. Lay it on. It's because Hollywood was grooming these children to hide horrible secrets from their parents so they could do whatever they wanted to the children without the parents finding out. Criminal things. So the kids are walking down the street. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna gonna move right on. <laughs> it's it's you got you got hey Shailen, I agree with you. You got Punky, you got Cherry, you got Alan, who's a, again he's a dweeb, and then Margot. I don't remember Margot and Alan from the actual show, but apparently they were they were there, and they're walking around and they're like, oh, I wish we could go to Florida. <laughs> oh, they have Glomer with them too, and he's flying. So it's it's only Henry that this is a problem. It's fine. He's Leprechaun, a gopher. Whatever. He's like, everybody, take hands. And then he shits some magic out of his ass and... And then they're in Florida. So, (laughs) it's pretty good. I can't believe Slimer brought them all the way down to Florida. That's great. (laughs) This was furry Slimer. That's what this was. Yep. That's what Glomer was. Also, Glomer sounds like a gloopy shit you would take (laughs) after like a night of drinking. I was calling him Groner because that's what I did. <laughs> also, could be like a like a loopy shit, you know. <laughs> oh my god! I just dropped a a big wet glomer in the toilet. <laughs> a white one. Good God, that's horrible. Wet. wet. I said wet. White. Wet. Wet. White. Wet. Anyway, Shalyn, if a white glomer wheat was a stage dog mom, what would the stage dog's name be? <laughs> I don't know. That's too Gl- many. Glandy. It's too many layers. May West. Glandon. No, it's May West. <laughs> oh, she was aspiring for. Hold in my scenario, the shit was aspiring for its dog to be a famous cowboy actress. So it's okay. I, I'm. It's just layers. It's too many layers. Layers. Very pomo. So one of the the nice things about Glomer's power is they're like, let's go to Florida, and they happen to land in the exact spot where the air show is. So not only is Henry's job to take pictures of the skydivers, it's to jump out of the plane with them and take pictures in the air. I picture Henry with like, you know, like the 1880s, like huge flashbulb camera, like fumbling through it. But the plane's doing loop-de-loops. Henry skydives. He opens his chute. It's just like the wind takes him away. And <laughs> Which is so, it doesn't take any of the other parachuters no, away. It's just him. Oh, punky! And again, I was like, "This, this is a ruse. Like he's he's doing this on purpose so he can go missing for a while, hit his target, and get out." But so Punky looks at Glomer and is like, "Hey, get us to where Henry is, even though we can still see him." But long trick make magic poop. Makes magic poop. I call this Glomer's refractory period. <laughs> He can't do his magic all the time. Right? <laughs> he needs a little time to get back to where he is. A, a glomer is what you call a magic poop, where you, you know, you, you, <laughs> that's right. You you go to the bathroom and you wipe, and there's nothing there. It's 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 magical. Mm-hmm. Like Mister Hanky is an example right. of a glomer. If you wanted to use it in a sentence. Hmm. So Henry, in classic like parachute thing, you see this in Congo a lot. He lands in a tree, and then an alligator tries to eat him, but the alligator growls. And licks his lips, and Henry, defiant hitman that he is. You are not having me for dinner, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I tell you, like <laughs> drunk Indiana Jones. And then he took out his, his nine millimeter and he shot him. Mm-hmm. 
And he went, your luggage. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in Eraser, which is a fantastic action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Caan. As an Eraser. And Vanessa L. Williams. Yes. And then that James Caan character, it was the, the prequel to Elf. Right, right. In, in that, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a hitman. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's Punky Rooster is the prequel to Eraser, which is the prequel to Elf. Yes, I think so. Shailen? Yeah. Shailen? I'm following. Can't confirm? Can't confirm. Mm-hmm. Definitely the case. Mm-hmm. Your luggage. Hashtag your luggage. So <laughs> now the kids are in the forest and Margo's like, this is gross. And Punky just says, what did you expect? Yogurt? And I thought, Mike Chain wrote that line and he just quit for the day. That's the sickest <laughs> burn I've ever heard in my life. What did you expect? Yogurt? <laughs> no. That's not what I would have expected, but so they're wandering around and Alan, who's very cherubic, very angelic, he starts talking about a swamp monster and then they hear a noise and they freak out. There's a really disturbing shot here and I have to describe it the way that it looks, which is Punky and Alan are in a bush, right? You see their top halves. Punky looks like she's bent over, like she's peering. Alan is behind her and then they both are humping. You say that it's not there. It looked like they were fucking in that bush. No, it didn't. Shailen, it did too. You're you, wrong. You're being contrarian. I'm not being contrarian. I did not even for half a second think, I wow, fact, these kids look like they're screwing I in fact a bush. stopped, took a picture, and sent it to you both and said, what's going on in that bush? And we all agreed. No. Potential. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, what are they doing there? It's gross. I didn't agree with you. Alan had some other thoughts. Yeah. Eat all the pretty girls first, starting with their toes. Foot fetish, talking about pretty girls. Hmm? I think, mm-hmm. I think, because they were in a swamp, it was sort of like a, a stand by me thing, and he had a he had a leech on him, and he was like, "Punky, yeah. can you pull this off? Can you peel it off?" It was nothing sexual. It was a you know, she wasn't helping him. Speaking of things on your feet today today <laughs> jesus so i was walking oh did somebody say feet i was walking around uh in our kitchen today wearing socks mind you and all of a sudden just this sharp searing pain and i was like oh my god what the fuck and i picked my foot up and i felt and it like i thought it was a piece of our floor because we have wood floors it somehow like it had come up because there was a piece of wood embedded in my foot <sighs> so i hopped over and shaylin was getting ready for a work meeting and i was like shaylin <laughs> I need help. Like I need, I need an adult. Like this thing is in my foot and like it's tangled in my sock. Flung myself on the bed and I was like, oh God, oh God, oh Jesus, oh God. And then somehow through like moving my sock around, I was able to unembed it out of the meat of my foot. And what it <sighs> in fact was a wood chip from like, a piece of mulch, yeah. like our kid's daycare and had gotten his shoe and somehow in trying to put it in the garbage did he it like did he whittle it to like i don't know to be an, a tiny spear this motherfucker was sharp shalem can attest like it the, looked it, like a kebab stick it really yeah. did look like a kebab it stick, looked like a, it looked like i was in a death match it was absolutely like a piece of mulch that just had the most perfect break on it to make it pointy like that because if you looked at it closely you could see where it was like snapped that way yeah and you could see like it covered in my blood <laughs> But I felt so guilty because I, our son this morning was like, oh, there's something in my shoe. And I went, okay, go tap it out over the trash. And he went, okay. And he took his shoe off in the hallway. And then he went, okay, it's better. But I wasn't paying attention. So he just dumped it in the hallway on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Was it stabbing his foot too? It was. was, uh, Well, it was bothering his foot. It wasn't stabbing Mm -hmm. his foot. 
Yeah. So it's like in the shoe, but not his skin. And then, so he came up from daycare and I was telling him not like, I, I wasn't mad at him, obviously, but I was like, hey, guess what happened to me? You know what happened when I told him the story? He laughed at me. <laughs> he did. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sitting here like gangrenous. No, you're not. Gangrenous. Is your foot okay? It's okay. Yeah, it's actually more sore than I would have expected given what it was, but it's fine. It sounds pretty painful. Not fun. You want me to come over and massage those feet for you? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't want anybody touching anywhere near there right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me the. Give me that foot. Gams. So the kids are Feet. now above a swamp shack. It's never made clear whose swamp shack this is. Unimportant. But assume it's some like toothless backwood moonshine swamp person. It's Mickey Mouse. They're in Florida. They're standing above it on a tree branch, and they're all on vines, and they hear like this weird moaning coming out of the house, which I'll get to in a sec. Their plan is to scare the swamp monster out or something, but this swamp shack? More like a love shack. Everybody to the left! Oh, oh. To the right! Oh, oh. Huh? Moaning? Splo- it- splooging? Cherry's wearing a, like a really deep cut shirt? So Cherry's shirt is weird. I'll agree with you there. If these are the noises happening in a bedroom situation, uh huh, something has gone awry. Ooh, ooh. Normal. <laughs> that's gone. That's horrible. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> it's gross. What force Peter North has to make that noise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is my dog? Hit him up. Hashtag Red Rocket. I believe the shack belonged to uh, Adrian Barbeau from Swamp Thing. <laughs> I think that was her shack. That's more explanation than the show gives you. Yes. <laughs> because here the kids, they destroy Adrian Barbeau's home. They see a shadowy <laughs> figure slink away. They land on a mattress and they make Glomer turn it into a flying mattress. She comes home. She was like, no, please. I was filming The Fog with Johnny Carpenter. No, what did you do to my beautiful home? It's true. It was just like that. Yeah. And then she tried to sleep with Alan. Weird. <laughs> Sh- Shailen? What? Thoughts? I was under the impression that every swamp in Florida was just riddled with these Swiss Family Robinson situations. I didn't realize they had owners. Hold on. Wait a minute. The Swiss Family Robinson built an amazing house in the tree, and it was like a mansion. This was not This was like a, a ramshackle Florida. It, like, shanty. It wiggled when three version. children were on top of it. Mm-hmm. It, just, it like went back and forth. That's Swiss Family Robinson would never do that. That is, that is chintzy shit for them. Would you accept Ewoks as a response? No. Yes. No, the Ewoks was even better. That's true. God, those are fucking terrifying creatures. The house? Ewoks. No, they're not. They are. That's crazy. So they destroy the shack. They get on a flying mattress. Glomer's flying it, but he does shitty, and they crash into a tree. <laughs> and then, now mind you, the first few minutes of the episode, it's been like, Henry's going skydiving and he's jumping out of a plane and we're trying to scare this thing away and we're ta- we're humping in a bush. But now the show's like, oh, right. We're a show about a show about a girl who's worried about losing her family. So they do the cheapest, lamest thing imaginable. I guess I wasn't meant to have a family. What? <laughs> Holy shit. This line, it was devastating. Imagine hearing that as a child. I mean, it, was, it, it, it hurt to hear... As an adult, imagine hearing that as a child and be like, yep, that's how I should react to things. I mean, 
it's about as dramatic as kids that I've experienced in my life. It's like, oh no, you can't have ice cream for breakfast. I guess I'll just be hungry for the rest of my life. Right. It's just so jarring in a show that's like, good time, magical leprechaun yeah. thing. <laughs> Riding mattresses and searching for the ends of rainbows. And uh, I don't deserve a family. No, but Punky was always dark like this. This is a pretty consistent theme with her. Is Punky a smack addict? No. Because that's dark. But Henry is a sleeping pills addict. Yes, that's true. Is he? Yeah. And there's like that's why he's slurring all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's slurring a lot. Oh, punky. Oh, I know he's skydiving now. Glomer also uh, sobs here. So it's just, it's a really powerful moment. It's a beautiful thing. They decide, though, that they need to stop moping around. And Punky starts talking about punky power, which is the thing I had completely forgotten about. But she's gesticulating wildly. And then Alan, this weird like, little foot fetish boy, he just can't. He, he can't get over it. Well, the monster fell for a pretty girl in the movie. Take it easy, Alan. Come on. So they're playing here. Yes. Take off your shoes and show that monster your arches. Mm. They take Margot. They put a noose around her ankle for a reason that is never even remotely explained. Make her stand next to the tree. And yell for help. <laughs> Why did they tie her ankle to because the tree? To make the monster think that she couldn't run away. But the monster... Child log- logic here. Like, this is not hard. <laughs> it was hard, because I didn't understand it. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It does make sense. If you're a kid and you're like, we're going to set a trap with bait, okay. then you tie the well, bait to it, the tree. Riddle me this. Why was her foot in the air? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Bad animation. Because Alan set it up and he's a little foot freak. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably going to look at her bloomers, you little sick fuck. Oh, man. You sicko, Alan. I see a lot of these kinds of snares made with like saplings in cartoons. I don't know what the real trap looks like in the real world, but I always question like, wait, so they just bend the tree and it stays bent until the monster or the thing they're trying to catch sets it off? How does That's that right. work? That's... The magic of trees. I was a Boy Scout. Can't confirm that's yeah. what they teach you. Hmm. Oh, did you get your badge in bending saplings? What about your trapping badge? No, I uh, hmm. I quit Boy Scouts and left camp early because I failed at making a weather van and couldn't swim. <laughs> Solid. Solid. And you wet your pants. It did not. Wet, was that the same? No, did not. No, that was in the same time period. Was not the same camping trip. I did. I did get a whittling chip though, so I could use a knife to whittle some wood. All right. And look at me now, missing a thumb. <laughs> getting getting your uh, your product stuck in your foot. I quit being an Eagle Scout because I was too busy getting laid. I'm not high-fiving you for that. Hey, I don't even, put that hand up here. I'll high-five I you. I don't even think I made yeah. it to like bear or eagle. No, what is below eagle? Cub? No, it's after That's cub because cub is like the puberty to boy. Listeners, hit us up at WatchBots Pod if you know... The progressions of a scout. Hashtag big time scout boy. <laughs> so what happens here is Margot calls to the swamp monster. Glomer is sitting on a log. The swamp monster comes out. It's clearly Henry. Like, obviously it was. And he falls on Glomer. They both yell. Henry's covered in mud and he starts doing a log roll. 
and you've given me some shit for claiming that there's a sexual subtext there, right? So how do you explain this? It's coming! Smile! Try to look pretty! Huh? Do I need to play it again? It's all there, I guess. Yeah, it is all there. Yeah. I mean, if you want to really read into it like a weirdo... It's not reading into it like a weirdo, it's what's there! (laughs) I'm telling you, it gets weirder in a minute here. It's coming, try to look pretty, smile. How weird does it get, Ben? How weird does it get? We'll get there in a minute. Patience. Okay. Patience. <laughs> they, they realize it's Henry because they catch him in their little trap. And mind you, they were resourceful for city kids, so that, that's a credit to them. Punky tells a story about we snuck onto the airplane or we stowed away, and Henry's yeah. like, Punky? And then Cherry points out that Henry had tied bark <laughs> to his feet to not sink in the mud, and that's what created the tracks. That was the most incredulous I was the whole episode. I was like, <laughs> he, so he made snowshoes, but for mud? And he, yeah. he tied bark to his shoes? What the hell? And I looked up tying bark to your shoes, and it just pulled up like how to tie your shoes. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> no, I, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes I'm like, how does that work? And I'll search it for like 30 minutes, and sometimes I get those results and be like, fuck this, I'm not doing any more searching it's, for this. It was a level of Boy Scouts more advanced than I was, so. Hashtag big time scout boy. We'll we'll get that tied up. So now we're back in Chicago. All is well. Henry, I assume, got paid, but even though he never took a picture, he was blown astray quickly. But we'll assume that he killed whoever he was there to kill. He might have taken pictures in the plane. That's true. Maybe Henry killed the guy that lived in the shack that they were in. Yeah, see, I like where that's going. So that ties Mm -hmm. up the Hitman storyline. But we have another dangling Chad here, right? So they're back in the apartment. Punky is in a maid outfit and she's polishing things with her hands and Henry stands up forcefully in front of her and says keep polishing keep polishing but that's a callback from the live TV show if you haven't watched the live TV show it comes off very perverted it's not that as punishment she has to dust the apartment or whatever it's that he has her wearing a maid's outfit to do so. Yeah. And she's only polishing knobs throughout the house. Yeah. And the other All show, the doorknobs. it's her choice to wear the uniform. It's like a thing. It's a whole joke. You saying that does not make the situation any better. It's her choice to wear the uniform. Well, no, because <laughs> yeah. she's a yeah, kid. It's, it's sort of like, on Henry to be like, oh, please don't wear that. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> You know, like if somebody fell on hard times and we adopted a kid, I wouldn't be like, yeah, wear this gimp outfit. <laughs> or if they wanted to wear a gimp outfit, I wouldn't be like, yeah, that's cool. Like I would say, hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Do you? You know, maybe I'm a little conservative here. Okay. Maybe my ass is showing, but I'll tell you, I don't like it. You don't have to like it. I'm just telling you you're reading into it. I am reading into it. Yeah. Correctly. No. That's the idea yeah. of the show. That's what we do. <laughs> and it was nice and they all had a good time. Two stars. This is what happened. Here are the facts. So anyway, that's Punky to the rescue. Moving on here, we've got quarter-sized quarterback. (laughs) So this episode was also written by Mike Chain, our our beloved Renaissance man. So we open here, and we've got Punky, we've got Cherry, we've got Brandon, we've got Margot, and they're doing a a little visit. He'll change his mind when he sees what's in the basket. You know what's in the basket? The biscuits in Gwyneth the Paltrow's head. <laughs> I wish it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Or biscuits. It's, in fact, a picnic lunch. 
there's this whole bit where like Glomer is magicking a sandwich around Brandon. It's it's fucking dumb. So we get to the football field and Alan is there in a sweater vest and he's playing football with two kids named Chucky and Lenny. Now, Shailen, do Chucky and Lenny appear in the live action show or are they concoctions for the cartoon? I don't remember. The important thing is they kick the shit out of Alan. Oh, yes, they do. And Lenny institutes my family motto. Another touchdown, suckers. <sighs> we we read the moan, you see, was the, the family motto. The show uh, happened yes. before CTE was a thing, and it shows. Mm-hmm. So they throw Alan the ball. It hits him so hard, he does three backward somersaults. Do you see? Because he can't handle it. He can't handle playing the football. So Punky, because Punky is full of spunk, runs down and she starts talking shit. And she gives Lenny or Chucky, I don't know which one, an insult that I've never heard before. And I don't know that I could possibly explain it. Why don't you go and bag your face, Lenny? What does that mean? Go and bag your face? I struggled with this. And the best that I could come up with was you put a feed bag on a horse. <laughs> and I was like, was she calling him a horse face kid? <laughs> I know, like, you know, people were where, like, the Browns fans will put paper bags over their faces because oh. they're embarrassed by their team. Oh, maybe. But, like, that is a stretch. This is, face. I mean, spoiler alert, Ellen joins the, the Chicago Bears. But, like, that's... <laughs> It's another football team, and I don't even know if that would happen in the eighties. That's what I was thinking of. Like they're so embarrassed, they like they're so ugly. They put okay. a bag over their face. I I was wondering, right. and I, I debunked my own theory because I was like, "Is this a reference to Dark Man? You know, because Liam Neeson would make, make the masks because he was Dark Man, and he had maybe he had them in a bag, and she was talking about Dark Man, but Dark Man didn't come out for several years after this. It's Sam Raimi's. It's Punky Brewster. <laughs> Doctor. Is this like a Mission Impossible thing? But again, the face scanner did not come out for several years after that. You know what I always enjoy in Mission Impossible? And I think they, they really get it down in Rogue Nation or Fallout, whatever it is. The the Brad Bird one where Simon Pegg is... Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, thank you. Where Simon Pegg's like, I want to wear the mask. I want to make the mask. And they show them making the mask. Or maybe, maybe it was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And... Like, which is the third one. Yes. I guess I, I, I know what they're all called. I just don't remember which one this was in. So they, they made the mask and like, it's, you know, it looks like a shitty rubber mask. And then they cut away and it, it comes back to Tom Cruise putting it on. And it's just like, it's obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's like, you went through all that magic to show making a, like a rubber mask. And then they couldn't think of a way to transition from rubber mask to like indistinguishable outside of a jump cut. <laughs> it's just like, I, I love that. I think that's spectacular. I also love when they take it off. And so it's like Philip Seymour Hoffman, like clearly pulling like a rubber <laughs> neck away from him. And then it cuts. And then it's like, ha ha, I'm Tom Cruise. God, those movies are so good. Oh, the pandemic has robbed us of a lot, including the next two Mission Impossible movies coming out anytime soon. You know, Fast and the Furious. Finally, we are in range. I'm very excited. But those Mission Impossible movies... Worth worth checking out. That that last one was amazing. They're all good. I remember clapping in the theater, and I, I don't like to do that, but I was like just giddy with joy over like that. That whole movie was amazing. Loved it. It's similar to Professor. This is now a Mission Impossible. I was going to say the, 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 the <laughs> Mission Impossible. We'll get there. Mission Impossible. 
rolls off the tongue. Similar to professional wrestling, I want to be exhilarated, like most of them, or thoroughly giddily laughing, like Mission Impossible 2, with the doves and John Woo and such. Or just Shaylin watching Tom Cruise run ever. Can you tell that I wasn't terribly engaged with this Punky Brewster show? Yeah. I lost focus for a minute when I was watching it. So, like, Punky was consoling Alan, and I zoned out for, honest to God, like 30 seconds. And then their goal was to show the bullies by getting Alan literally onto the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and I That's thought, correct. What in the world? And I went back and I rewound it and I watched it and I actually didn't miss anything. It was her saying, we need to get you on the Chicago Bears. And then because they have a magical like squirrel gopher, they shoot Alan with magic and Punky throws him the football. He dives for it, right? Like, you know, like a real athletic catch. <laughs> it breaks his belt and reveals his his classic boxers. And then he hits puberty. I don't think that's what happened. Hey, I feel strange. Oh, yeah? It happens. Yeah, I feel strange. Shailen, you weren't a boy. That happens to every boy. Mm-hmm. It, that's when puberty starts. You say, I feel strange. And then there's hair all over you. Do you ever have any moments like Alan here? Where I suddenly hit puberty? No, no. or like where your pants yeah. fall down or like something like unexpected happens. <sighs> Do I have to tell this story? <laughs> I'll tell the story. Tell it. The first day of my first real job out of college. Mm-hmm. I, it's the first day of your life. Yeah. I didn't have business casual clothes because I had just finished college and I... Did you have any pantsuits? Not a single pantsuit at that point in my life. Okay. Jeff, an interview suit? <laughs> I had a tea suit. <laughs> so I had this pair of khaki color corduroys uh-huh. and a sweater because they told me that that was what people often wore to work. And so I was on the train on the subway. Were they that specific? Like with corduroys? Yeah. Huh. It was a strange team. So I get almost to work and I was like, something is chilly. And I look behind me in the elevator, first day work, and the pocket of my pants is completely ripped off the back of my pants, and it's just a giant fucking gaping hole in my ass. That's a drop. (laughs) So I had to tie my jacket around my waist and pretend like this was a normal fashion statement. Uh, Sure. And thank God there was like a Marshalls in the same building where I was working. Mm Mm-hmm. And so at lunchtime, I quietly excused myself downstairs where I bought a pair of pants with the no money I had because this was my first job and didn't have a check yet. And you were penniless. And uh, yeah. Remarkably, that job somehow got worse from there. What? (laughs) Jobs. Am I right? Indeed. So yes, I had my ass completely exposed on the tee for the entire ride. And you were wearing those White boxer shorts with the red hearts all over exactly. them. Exactly. What a showman. Like every cartoon. Ben, it sounds like you have experience losing your pants. Uh, all the time. Um, <laughs> the gaping ass. Similarly to Shailen, I remember one day at work, I was wearing a well-worn pair of khakis that I had had for years and years. And I looked down uh, when I was sitting at my desk and noticed that the seam on the crotch had like <laughs> worn through and so like i could stick my finger in and like you know oh, yeah. if i was like a, a real weirdo i could poke myself right in the penis <laughs> so. but what are you doing it looks like the you're tickling your urethra 
when you're walking around during the day, most of the time, like, I mean, I'm a good looking fellow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, like people are looking at the crotch, but you know, like you sit there with that anxiety all the live long day. Right. You, you notice it and then you're like, oh my God, I've been out in the world for 10 hours. How many people have seen my dog? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it was like hanging out there, but it, it's like one layer closer than you really want to be. Uh, and then, you know, just normal stuff, boys going through, through puberty, you know, sometimes things will spontaneously happen. Uh, you know, you'll have to go up to the chalkboard and do a math problem. Yeah, and you don't, yeah. you know, sometimes you're, sometimes <laughs> like you're, she wasn't even attractive, but she was the youngest teacher on the staff. The Spanish teacher asks you to, to write on the chalkboard and you're, you have to kind of do that like hunched yeah, over walk you, you, you to hide like, your, hide your you bone. balance the eraser on your pants. Right. You're knocking people's books off the, off their desks. Cartoonish. <laughs> it's like, it's like Pinocchio, you know? Yeah. A bird rested on yeah. it. <laughs> the branches were flying off. Strange times to be had. <laughs> Sometimes it's not the worst thing to be a girl. Hearing these stories, I, I'm not sad that I didn't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think my pants ever felt down. Well, that's good. One time my, well, yeah, one time my cousin, it was at like a Christmas party or a holiday party or something. Uh, so the pants went in the opposite direction. My cousin gave me such a bad wedgie that my parents had to take me home because it hurt so bad. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but like, really sad. But nowadays, that's just fashion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, take that Gen Z. Yeah. So, um, and my memory, it was like nobody in my family was sympathetic. They were just dying sure. laughing at this wedgie except for my mom and dad so yeah sort of opposite mm-hmm. i think he pulled them he would have pulled them so hard if somebody didn't stop him that my pants would have fallen off up sure like, oh they would have just torn right off Oof. yeah it was it was painful and those weren't breakaway pants baby yeah and now i've got the gaping hole in my ass listeners we want to hear from you your embarrassing uh, pants related stories hashtag gaping hole in my ass Ask for it by name, your local grocer. Hashtag gaping hole in my ass. <laughs> and and uh, DM us any pictures. <laughs> if there are any pictures, that's... But funny pictures. I don't want, like, asshole pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want, like, you know, go to SE stuff. That's... Unless you got, like, a sweet tattoo of our logo, like, next to your asshole. In which case, send that along. Yeah, it's like... It's like the TV robot and, like... Do it for sexy head. Right that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I feel strange. We'll fly through this a little bit here. Essentially, there's turns into rookie of the year. They get into the Chicago Bears practice with no problem whatsoever, where it appears the Bears are practicing against the Green Bay Packers, which is how football works. Definitely, yeah. Teams, yeah, they practice against each other all the time in the pros. All the time. There's a guy there in really short shorts. You know, he's the coach because he says shit like this. This time, throw it right to the receiver. (laughs) Standard coach speak. So Allen impresses the team by throwing the ball real far. He jumps over everybody. He spikes the ball in the end zone so hard that it not only imprints into the earth, it leaves a smoke trail. (laughs) So cartoonish on top of cartoonish, which I really appreciate. And then the coach says, I'm going to go check with the NFL, but you might be our starting quarterback. Because this coach does not want to lose to a forfeit. Right. Now, keep in mind here, they've said Chicago Bears, they've said NFL, so they've cleared some licensing here. Mm -hmm. Some. 
So we go back to the house and Punky has called up Lenny, the guy who was like, touchdown in your ass. And he's saying, you know, what's going on? She said, watch the game tomorrow. We, in one day, we've got Allen onto the Chicago Bears. Then Henry comes in and he almost sits on Glomer, which seems to be a thrice per episode sort of thing. And wouldn't you know it? By the most amazing coincidence imaginable, this poor, poor family. Little miracle. Something strange came over me, and I bought tickets for the whole gang to see the Bears game tomorrow. I was drunk, <laughs> and I made a irrational decision, Punky. It was you in that maid's outfit, Punky. I was on air. I had to get the tickets. The tickets to the big game. I can't afford rent, though. I need another job, Punky. Is the inference here that Glomer mind-controlled Henry? No. Because the way that he said, that was a hashtag shale and yawn into the microphone, could not <laughs> resist saying no before that <sighs> yawn was Shut over. up, Ben. <sighs> no. There were so many other ways they could have tackled this. He could have said, guess what? One of my customers came to the studio and gave me some tickets like that would have been more believable than something strange came over me i don't like the implication i'm photographing the chicago bears i have a job with the bears and they gave me free tickets we can go that would have been fine too but instead of something came over me i mean it's also a cartoon he could have just said are you excited to go to the game yes that would have been fine again that would have been a million times better now I'll, i'll jump ahead a bit and then come back the gang here is Margot. Cherry and Punky and not any of like Margot's parents or Cherry's parents. Like it's just it's a little weird. The character of Henry is very good looking for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dispute that. He's a weird character in the show. And yeah. I don't I'm not comfortable with <laughs> anything that he <laughs> says or does. I don't know if it's that he had a stroke or if he's boozing or if the stress of his assassinations are getting to him, but yeah, that's probably that. Weird I, 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 Who hurt you? I then? saw Mar- Marathon Man. Like, I, it's probably that. <laughs> so he, after telling Punky not to strangle him, he leaves the room. And then Punky lays Glomer in a baby carriage. And she says something weird, too. She says, Gross. Thank you. Thanks to you, <laughs> Alan has a whole new career. <laughs> and then she has to explain to Glomer what a career is. And then Glomer says this. I have not adjusted this clip. I've not done any like weird post-production. This is what he says. Soon I'll be boobopped. Boobopped? Trip, fall, bumbo. What? Fall bumbo, burbot? Burbot. He's like a fucking Furby. Yeah. It sounded like Shailen after she has several margaritas. <laughs> that comes across in written word as well. <laughs> I believe my Twitter headline photo is still, we had some friends over and we're playing the, the TV game Quiplash from Jackbox. A lot of fun. You had to write the name of a character and Shailen came up with Hong Mung Nellstaff, which is like <laughs> H-N-G-M-N-G. N L S T F F or something like that. Just insane. Were you trying to spell Shailen? Do you remember? She wasn't conscious. <laughs> Just weird stuff. So the point of this is that Glomer is telling Punky that his his spell has a time limit. And then I wondered, 
couldn't he just cast the spell again? Or is this like a, a one-time only sort of thing? I don't know. It was weird. So it's the next day. They are talking about popcorn. And then we're in the locker room. The whole Bears team runs onto the field, and it's only Alan left. And Cherry, Punky, and Glomer go into the locker room. Alan is having trouble getting into his gear. Punky gives him hard truth. Alan, if you play with those bruisers, we'll have to carry you home in a lunchbox. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think Alan is Henry's son. So (laughs) Punky gets a laundry cart, runs Alan over with it. Thankfully, Alan is in it instead of like crushed under the wheels. And then over the next three and a half minutes or so, they just they run around the locker room with this laundry cart. Somehow it rolls out with Alan in it and Punky attached like it goes at like the speed of a locomotive onto the field where they're barreling through players the whole world sees them. Oh, Glomer is out there too. So Glomer and Cherry Chase. Glomer is on television, mind you. Lack security at the Bears Stadium. How stupid is this kid that they're like, the magical creature who gave you magical super football powers says you don't have them anymore. And he just says, I don't believe you. Well, he's imbibed with power. And booze. As he says in a minute. I've got to. It's my destiny. I'm your density. He thinks it's destiny. You get drunk with power. Okay. It happens to all of us, you know? Okay. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Is that not what they say? They do say that. That is a thing they say. So Punky throws him the ball again, and he drops it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, man. Because football players never drop the ball, uh, literally. never. And then... She walks up, and Shalyn, you have claimed this is not a sexually charged show. Explain to me, then, why Punky says this. Still want to go out and bang? Huh? (laughs) Because you cut off the rest of her sentence, Ben. That's not true. That's the sentence. That's out of context. Still want to go out and bang. That's out of context. Good God. I think she's talking about, like, getting in fights. Like, you know, banging some skulls. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she's talking about... Watching a little MTV, some Faith No More comes on. Your head banging, banging. Oh yeah, yeah. Could be. She's like, man, I heard he, I heard he just covered the Ninja Turtles theme song. Let's kick some ass. So then Henry shows up on the field, <laughs> and again, how all these people get onto the field is never explained. But it's fine. A, it's a, a testament cartoon. to the shitty, shitty security. And then I was asked to kill the head coach of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Punky's like Alan. You can't play. And she goes to tell the coach, and... I couldn't change the NFL's mind. According to the rules, you can't play until your class graduates from college. Oh. (laughs) Well, then we've just wasted a lot of time. Ray from the Ghostbusters just breaks it (laughs) gently to to Alan. (laughs) And it's like, so yesterday, this is a whirlwind 24 hours, and this would have been a humongous news story. A child... Shows up, is an amazing athlete. He's going to be the new starting quarterback of the Bears. The coach finds out he can't do it. Not disappointed, just forgets to tell the kid completely until the game is going on. Let's the kid dress in the locker room. So just dongs everywhere and this poor, impressionable boy. Dongs everywhere. Yeah, I saw any given Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Al Pacino's all coked up, giving Alan a pep talk. 
But then I noticed something weird. They're in the stands now. So Punky's back with Henry. Uh, Billy and Chucky or Lenny or whoever the fuck the bullies are are also there with them for some reason. And they're all talking about what Alan's doing. So Alan is on the field as a water boy now. And I had to laugh because in 2021, like the water boys, you know, they give the guys Gatorade bottles and they're squirting Gatorade bottles here. Alan's walking around with a soup ladle and he's just like ladling water (laughs) into their mouths. But that wasn't what was weird. Although that was a little odd. What was weird is how they talk about certain things. Wow. He's right down there with Ditka and Baden. And I thought, that's weird. Why would, like, nobody would say that. And then Henry moments later says, I wish you'd gotten me Peyton's autograph. And I thought, did they get the license to say NFL, but they didn't get the union to say the players' actual names? Maybe. Is that what they did? Like, it just, it was really, it felt odd. Maybe it's one of those things, like, you know, you play um, the old MLB or uh, Madden games and only certain players allowed their likeness to be represented so maybe uh maybe maybe those maybe that was the case just weird another fascinating licensing question but then it gets weird at the end so like they're they're having a good time but then it cuts and punky is in a cheerleader outfit and she's again like another kinky costume change for punky like what's going on with the end of these episodes (laughs) she's up on a table disgusting changing light bulbs And Henry's going, scar one for the team. <laughs> I already work around the clock. God damn it, pal. He's got to puke. So that's the show. I didn't kill my wife. But before we leave here, the opening song, kind of a bop. Closing song, also a bop. Needs more. Bow, 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 bows. Bow, 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 bows. Bow, 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 This was around the time of Ferris Bueller, so Day Bow Bow was mm. was big, you know? <laughs> Shailen, is that song constantly playing in your head when you do the things that you do every day? <laughs> Whatever it is you do. Yeah. Constantly, no. Does it pop in sometimes when I'm doing things? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> You're, you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna sew up the hole in my pants. Bow, 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 bow. You know yep. what song's been in my head all day today? Yep, the song from the fucking Snorks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, every now and then I get I don't know who sings it. It's it's an R and B song from the '90s. Feel a little poke coming sure. through from you, baby. I like it. That's it. Just it'll pop in my head at least once a day. <laughs> pandemic is a weird time guys yeah yeah it's a weird time yeah Yeah, that was just totally pandemic yeah 100 percent. and that is it's punky brewster and with that would you show it's punky brewster to a child shailen sure it's got a magical creature (laughs) it's mostly wholesome Uh uh-huh and i could easily explain away a lot of the weird stuff by saying I don't know, man. It's it's from a long time ago. It's no Karayu. Kalalu. 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 The foosball and the water boy.
Have a good boobie day. My Judah, a plongada. Now, Dave, would you show this to a child? It was adorable. I, you know, that's it was that's fine. You wouldn't though, because it's too too pervy. Yeah. <laughs> like you think I'm joking. It's not a joke. Like that show's fucking gross. Shailen has two and a half, it's fine. Yours is like, no, it's too pervy. And like, but I can that's demonstrate your, that's your go-to. Shailen can't demonstrate the it's fine. I can demonstrate and do I could if I had more time. On I a show by show basis. yeah, because I'm loaded with time here. A show by show basis <laughs> that there's a lot of hidden perversions. And, okay. and if All my right. calling in life is to be the hidden perversion guy, that's a burden I'll take on my shoulders. Put, You're the Chris Hansen of cartoon reviews. Put the earth on my shoulders. Yeah. To quote Randy Okay, Boss. Randy. Okay, Randy. <laughs> what would you score it, Ben? You mean on our scale of one to five gaping holes in your ass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great question. From an entertainment value, a two? Just because okay. they went for it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't achieve it, but they went for it. It's just you're applauding their effort, yeah. For like, uh, from like a rewatchability, I don't know, a negative four. Yeah, yeah. This was a fucking chore, you know. And it's, I'm sure, I'm sure we managed to spend a tight ninety on it, but you know, like I don't want to watch this show ever again. This was this is horrible. Who wants to go next on the gaping asshole scale? It gets like the cartoon participation award, like it exists, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it's also a two, and I mostly I didn't like Glomer. I prefer Slimer, mm-hmm. but it was cute. Actually, it was mostly just the theme song in the intro <laughs> intro credits. Like that's that's where it gets the two. So yeah, that's that's it for me. Two big old gaping holes. Shaylin, how many holes are you giving it? I am going to give it 2.7 gaping holes. That's a lot of holes. Or alternatively, 2.7 adorable sunshine-shaped pigtail holders. 2.7 subtexts. I think it was hilarious. And I could... What? In in the wrong ways, though. So it doesn't get get points for being actually entertaining, but it gets points for being like, what the fuck? nostalgia and i'm giving it a full extra point because this is the first time i've watched a cartoon that was exactly what i remembered it being which is not a testament to the show as much as my memory this might be your fantastic max no i didn't like it that much it's just that i remembered it accurately (laughs) well yeah i didn't like fantastic max either like i just this is how i remembered fantastic max okay and, and then i made you guys watch it then yeah yeah i'd say so yeah yeah i want to amend my score I want to I want to add a half point for the person who uploaded this to YouTube, and you can never forget because they superimposed their username Punky Brewster Cartoon <laughs> <laughs> over every single frame. We got to brand this, guys. As if you were like Rembrandt and you needed to put your signature on it, like you fucking had a VHS and ripped it to YouTube. Take it easy. No one is giving anyone credit for this God other damn. than the cartoon. The only people I give credit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a rant to go on anymore. So let's play a game. Let's play yeah, a game. Let's do it. You know, when I was making this game, uh huh. My okay. initial thought was, we should revisit name that nightmare fuel because that was a fun game. But then I realized when we do it, Punky Brewster theme, it's literally just every episode of Punky Brewster gave me nightmares. Sure. 
So instead, too sexy. No. <laughs> oh, I'll keep Rooster. We're playing. It's called I Hate Glomer. What I'm going to do, <laughs> I have the names of 10 characters from cartoons and TV, mm-hmm. and you have to tell me the TV show they ruined. Okay. You'll buzz in. So it's not like Ben goes, I go, nope. we have to buzz in? You are head okay. to head. What's your uh, initials here on the scorecard? Uh, ben, what's your buzz in? Hunky Henry. Uh. Hunkry. Hunkry. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a bow, 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 bow. <laughs> So we're going to do a practice round Okay Okay. And I acknowledge that this isn't a character Ruining a show but it's the character associated With the show so just for practice Slimer bow, 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 bow. Go ahead, Dave. Ghostbusters Yeah You ready? Disclosure <laughs> <laughs> Diagnosis murder <laughs> Jesse the Great Gazoo. Who went? Whoever shouts it out first wins the point. The Flintstones. It's a tie. I didn't even say. You didn't? Ben didn't say it. Dave wins. <laughs> Gosh. Sorry. I find more and more in... We, we, we do games. It's fine. When we get to these game segments, I like. I just like lose my mind. Yeah, when like, we get to the just, game segments. Everything just feels slow. Should we put like the game midway through the episodes, who are maybe a little more energetic? No, I think we're I think we're very energetic. It's we just pause. It's eleven twelve, and I'm drinking a coke. I mean, we're doing fine. Yeah, the format is what the format is. <laughs> we will not break. That's right, Max Lewis. <laughs> Hungry. Go ahead, Ben. Donna Duke. No. <laughs> Bow, 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 bow. Hogan's Heroes. News Radio. F Troop. No points for either of you. That was John Lovitz. He took over for Bill uh, Hartman. Okay, okay. That was a tough role for Lovitz. He, he was put in a shitty position. He really was. And I actually was reading about this earlier today, which is how he got on the list. When people asked why he took the role, he said he did it for his friend Phil because he knew he wouldn't want News Radio to die. Like Good he did. God. Wow, John. Chris Traeger. Oh, oh man. Five. Hungry. Four. Chicago Hope. Three. Two. Bow, 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 bow. A Law and Order. Motherfucker, you guys. It's Parks and Rec. Damn it. Of oh, the show that uh. I famously just quit on because it wasn't funny. You got that far. Which, who's Chris Traeger? Rubble. Oh, he doesn't ruin that show. What are you talking about? He's really funny at the end. He's really funny at the end. When he shows up, it's not. It's a dark day. He's this fine. first episode. His first episode is dark. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a dark, it was a dark day. I disagree with that inclusion. That's fine. I wrote the game. Neither of you gets fine. a point. Fine. Fine. Two and a half. It's fine. Olivia Kendall. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Watch pops. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I love you. <laughs> Hungry? Go ahead. No less than 37 versions of Johnny Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Slash Law and Order Rest for you. This is the Cosby show, guys. Oh, yeah. It was really obvious. Olivia. <laughs> Kendall. Yeah. We have a rounding score. Just we're almost halfway through our game. Uh-huh. Dave has one point on the board. 
Kieran's the score. This is the best game we've played in months. <laughs> Just like Walnut Kreminski. <laughs> Hungry. Go ahead. Oz. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. The Waltons. Dragnet. I just made that up to see if you guys were paying attention. Oh, no one gets a point. We're, we're paying we attention. We don't get a point for just guessing? We're just very bad at the game. <laughs> he was in Oz. Baloney. He got him. He had to eat a light bulb or something. It was crazy. Yeah, he was just like, welcome to Oz. And I was like, oh, he did the thing. The character's name. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like there's no gold, yellow, golden brick road here, man. Then he pissed on him. And he deserved Prison. it. Seven. Oh, uh, Hungry. Go ahead. House. No. What? Blossom. You're both wrong. It was married with children. Wrong. It was Blossom and it was Six's. Her name was Six. Uh, it was Six's brother, Seven. There was indeed a character number seven on House Ben, but she wasn't the one who ruined the show. I was thinking 13. Remy 13 Hadley. And also, nobody ruined House. That That's show true. was That's a tour de force from start to finish. <laughs> Fun fact my brother and his wife either still do or did own the complete run of House on DVD. I prefer I House they being still out do. of order. You wouldn't throw that away. No, no I, and I'm, I respect it. Uh, house is awesome. Jill and I go through these cycles. So like right now, we've been watching Unsolved Mysteries for most of the past week. I don't know why, but like we, we go on House Because you don't want to sleep? I mean, that's, like that's the, generally true it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, yeah. At work, we're doing some overseas presentations. And a lot of the folks I work with are like, I don't want to be doing work at 11 at night. And it's like, honestly, I don't want to be doing work at 11 at night either. But I'm like, oh, that's my prime hours. <laughs> that's when I come alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm, me? I'm still awake. Anyway. This year, I've stayed up till two. More than I have since I was in college. Like, Oh, yeah. Same. It is unhealthy for me. I'm convinced when we get back to whatever normal will be, like, I'm going to be ruined. Just completely ruined. <laughs> like, I can't go back. <laughs> I can't adjust. We eat dinner at nine o'clock now. I go to bed <laughs> two, three in the morning. The other night I was up till three in the morning. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I played Call of Duty with you, Ben. And I decided, you know what's a good idea? To stay up another hour and keep playing. I stayed up for two and, and a half hours staring I, at my phone. I, <laughs> my God. And then I'll go to bed. I'm like, man, I'm really jazzed up. So I'll scroll through Twitter for another 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's 3 a.m. And I get up at 6. Oh, what am I doing to myself? I'm taking years off of my life. God, but the years now are so fun. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's no big deal. We're stuck in these fucking houses. Scrappy. Bow, 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 bow. Scooby-Doo. Dave gets a point. No, because it was Scrappy-Doo. Hashtag disputed. Randy Pearson. <laughs> I didn't make this one up. Hungry. Go ahead. The sitcom about your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against your mom. That just sounds like a guy your mom would date. <laughs> yeah. He's really randy and he's into poking a lot. Ew. Good God. That is not. No. Ew. It's Randy Pearson. Bop, 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 bop. Growing pains? No. Hungry. Home Improvement. That 70s show. Oh, that's right. The, that character the, did the show. The show with Ed Asner. He plays like a grandpa. Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> no. Hugh, no, it's Blue from the Grant. 90s. Chuckles the Clown. He was 
Santa on Elf. Was Willie Tanner? Luke Bauer. Brower. Hun- Hungry. Gilmore Girls. No. Bow, 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 bow. 24. <laughs> it was growing pains. You've got it. 90210. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Poochie. Oh, is that, was that Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, it uh, was Leonardo character? DiCaprio. Ah, Hungry. Damn it. Go ahead. Okay. Itchy and scratchy. Yes. Down on the board. Mm. That's right. So, no, keep going. I don't want to. I don't want to stop. <laughs> but I only had this long of a list. Thank you for playing. We hate Glomer, and I hope that you'll enjoy the next installment of We Hate Glomer when I just do this exact game again with different names <laughs> because this game. was really fun. <laughs> I like just shouting out non sequiturs. Oh man, remember when you used to do this, this or that? Yeah, and you gave me so much shit for it that you had to suffer. So maybe eventually yeah. we'll go back to that, but we're not there today. Thank you for playing. Wow, I missed this or that. On to the mailbag. Mailbag. Let's go. Going out to get the mail. Oh, there's a letter in there. I'm opening it up now. <laughs> Hold on. Let's no, see, I'm messing with the format. Gonna... Hold on. Oh, oh, ooh. Ooh, if you're not into ASMR, that's not going to be a comfortable moment for you. Holy moly. <laughs> I was ripping open the envelope. Oh, boy. Hey, freaks. Remember when you could go to the movies? I do. It was great, but sometimes it got weird. Like this one time when I saw Passion of the Christ and someone had brought their baby to a 10 p.m. show and the poor kid cried during the whipping scene. What are your awkward moving watching experiences? God bless the USA. Stank Williams the turd. Well, I mean, these are easy answers. (laughs) Now it's just going to be Passion of the Christ memories. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I went to go see it with my mom and laughed out loud when Jesus invented the chair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about when when he found Satan was the little baby? Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, God. That, it, it was weird. But I remember like cackling at that. And everybody else was like, oh, my God. It's Satan, baby. Or when Jesus died on the cross and then Satan was in hell. And I was like, is that <laughs> is that powder? Was <laughs> it? guy's looking like powder out here. Anyway, but those, those are just Passion of the Christ memories. I'm sure there are many more awkward memories than that. I remember seeing No Country for Old Men, I think, with you guys. And it was a packed show. And a lot of the people in the theater appeared to not know what the movie was. Mm -hmm. And like two thirds of the way in, the guy that was two seats over from me just started going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, because there was blood. Uh, And that was no, it might have been there will be blood. Regardless. (laughs) There was blood for sure. And also... In that little tiny movie theater where we saw Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, mm-hmm. when they ah, yes. they revealed oh, <laughs> they revealed who the spy was, and you just heard, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one too because the the woman right behind us just decided she'd crack open her can of Coke yes. or Sprite or whatever it was, and it was just like really tense moment with a new to pop culture Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. and it just dead silence. Just like that. Same person also had just bags of M&Ms. And I know because I heard them opening and crunching. (laughs) Oh, oh, the circus. Oh, oh, who's down? Oh, I have to go to the circus. Are you the tinker, the tailor, the soldier, the spy? Oh, we'll find out down at circus. When I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't remember which one it was. There were no less than five people getting handjobs in the theater. Yeah, that's a sexy movie. 
Nice. No. Never got a hand job during a movie. Just kind of regret kind of regret that. The old theater HJ, the old THJ. Yeah. Yeah. It's like lockjaw. <laughs> it's like THX, but for hand jobs. Yeah. Okay. Like butt kickers. Yeah. Butt kickers. Yeah. Butt kickers. An ex of mine and I, we went to see um, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. <laughs> is that the story? Is that is that the end? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Cool. So we're sitting there. It was a it was like a first date movie. Like I'm, I'm sure you actually, I know you two have clunkers of uh, sure. first date movies. We went and saw that, and this was I don't know a month or two of dating, and so we were seeing the terrible Pursuit of Happiness. And there was a kid behind me, just kept kicking my chair and like saying stuff. And I kept looking back and the mom was like glaring at me like I was the problem. And I'm like, could you please tell your son to stop kicking my chair? And she didn't. So I told my date, I was like, I'm going to move. Do you want to move with me? And she said, no. <laughs> so, so I moved to the front row and finished that shitty Will Smith movie all by myself. I can think of a few. Taking a date to see Million Dollar Baby. Uh, <laughs> good one. That's it. That's the tweet. That's the one. Um, I remember seeing Punch Drunk Love in the theater and really, really enjoying the movie. And there was a couple in front of me who, as the movie ended and the credits rolled, they were like, that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> I had that. I had that for that movie, and also Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. They were like, "He didn't do anything funny." I, I had that that moment myself uh, when I went to go see Anchorman. I was watching Anchorman. I can't remember if I was with a friend or by myself. But when and I saw, you were like, I thought this was Good Night and Good Luck. <laughs> I remember thinking, "Oh, this sucks shit." When they were playing flute on the Pleasure Rainbow, I just. The whole theater was uproariously laughing, and I got up and left. <laughs> it didn't see that movie for, I think, six years after that. Were you in a bad mood? That I, I feel like that movie should have been right up your alley. Like you must At have been in a bad mood. That's one of those movies yeah. that I appreciated more after. Step Brothers is also in that category. That I don't know what it was like. That pleasure rainbow shit. I was like, oh god damn, this is fucking awful. I was the only person in my friend group who thought it was funny when I saw that movie. And when we were leaving the theater, everyone was like, oh, that sucked. And I was like, no, it didn't. Oh, that movie. Oh. There was that part, and uh, there was when I went to go see Fahrenheit nine eleven twice on opening weekend. And, and you were like, this isn't funny. The, well, well, it, <laughs> actually, like, the opposite. The second time through, when he's running around trying to interview senators on the street, and he's like, did you know about the war? <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and nobody else in the theater did. You might be surprised to hear. There weren't a lot of chuckles coming out of that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing Bowling for Columbine and him haranguing Charlton Heston in his home. I was dying on the floor. <laughs> Mr. Heston. Just, Mr. Heston. <laughs> Mr. Heston. What is Michael Moore up to? Is he is he alive? I think he's still shooting documentaries. No, he's not. <laughs> They're not as well received. He had a really lovely um, commentary on the Meghan Markle Prince Harry interview the other yesterday. Oh, how have we not touched on the world wanted to know our take on the the Meghan and Harry interview? The best headline that I've seen so far is "Family who found wealth through colonialism and slavery <laughs> was mean." <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. I don't know. This, this might reflect badly on me as a person. But I saw yes, that that interview was happening, and I thought, who could possibly care? You know, like, I gather that they have gotten a lot of shit. And I don't want to get into a serious discussion about this. But, like, I've gathered that they've gotten a lot of shit, but they're very rich people leading their lives 
and racism is bad, et cetera, et cetera, obviously. But it's just like, why would I ever be interested in watching an interview with these two people that I don't connect with and will never connect with? I understand the like the target audience for it. Like you're not it. So it doesn't like it makes sense to me that that's your reaction. Nothing Burned. Nothing that came out of it surprised me in any you way, but I felt like fuck. no, it's not that. It's like <laughs> it's people who are obsessed with celebrity, right? Like those are the people who are interested in hearing what celebrities have to say, and that's what they are. Celebrities. And there's also a subset of that where people are obsessed with the royal family right. as well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's weird because I'm only obsessed with Royal Pains, the USA original. <laughs> which aired. Not to be confused with Suits. Suits. Which famously starred Meghan Markle. Of course, everybody knows. Yes, come on. Full circle. I only like Burn Notice. And I there, I never had an awkward moment watching Burn Notice. I haven't watched that one, have I? Burn Notice. I have one last Ooh, yeah. awkward movie, movie. movie awkward experience. And this one's not in the theaters. This one's at home. I was about... Gosh, like ten years too late to the Big Lebowski um, <laughs> train. So, like, I I just hadn't seen it, or maybe I had and I didn't I didn't see all of it. Like, might have been on over like a, a party or something. But I decided I'm going to watch this. I was in a, a film noir class. My teacher told me that uh, you should watch this, so I decided to watch it. I was still living with my parents at home, and it was on TV up in the the living room, which is right near the the main entrance to the house, and it's just at the moment where he wakes up and there's a, a a naked woman bouncing on a trampoline and my parents <laughs> and sisters decide to come home right at that moment it's just these giant breasts just bouncing on the screen you can't tell what the hell is going on because all you see is that for a few seconds there's no jeff bridges there's no like crazy beach party going on and my mom just stares at she goes Oh, sorry. Did I walk in on something? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the yeah. Big Lebowski story. I thought you were going with. Same. Um, I'm gonna have to bleep. I'm gonna have to bleep this one out because I think it gets too real. <laughs> but when we, you know, were rubbing elbows with a relatively famous author and went to his home and had a pizza pie, ate some hot dogs, watched <laughs> watched a film. He held us hostage. <laughs> in his basement and we tried to leave and he's like no 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 there's one more scene and under the auspices like 3 of 3 a.m getting a job maybe or getting a job yep um that was supposed to be my job interview and, and it look, look at you now picnic. look at you now and that author's name was stephen king <laughs> <laughs> i guess i don't have to believe but we didn't get into the nefarious details there <laughs> william wordsworth <laughs> nathaniel hawthorne now thank you <laughs> stink williams the turd we want to hear from you. What are your embarrassing movie experiences? Experiences. Hashtag gaping hole in my ass. Gaping hole in my movie screen. How's that? Gaping hole. Boy, you're just really walking into it here. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. <laughs> it's a great hashtag. <laughs> Say it again. Say hashtag. It's a great hashtag. It's What's a great hashtag show? Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. Gaping hole. Great, great hole. Gaping hole. Gaping hole. So that's our show. Goodbye. I had mentioned before recording, and Shailen had claimed there was this big note, but I, I have not watched the Punky Brewster reboot. I am going to take this experience, uh-huh. and I'm going to hunker down 
after work tomorrow and I'm going to watch every single episode of the new Punky Brewster because now I'm slightly refreshed on the content of the original, right? You, you think you need the the backstory for the new one to make sense? <laughs> I just want to I want to be in the right headspace for it. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to watch the new one and then go to the cartoon and be like, "Oh, this is significantly worse than I expected. I wanted it to be baseline. Did you hear that Freddie Prince Jr. was cast as Henry's ghost? I know that Freddie Prince Jr. is cast, but I didn't mm-hmm. see as what. Probably some hunky love interest. The new Hunkery. New Hunkery. He's new Alan. Anyway, Punky Brewster, like many things, should have been left in the past. And it speaks ill on us as a society. We need new ideas. Hashtag... Don't be a glomer. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Hashtag gaping. <laughs> Hashtag happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> but you, yes, you, I'm speaking to you. You can follow us on Twitter. Me? Yes, you. Me? Yes. Where, where, where can I find you on Twitter, Ben? At WatchBots Pod, of course. Also on Instagram. Oh. We have a Facebook page that... I don't know that Twitter auto-updates it anymore, but it's there. Look, I got to be honest with you. I don't like social media. Could I email you something? You could. Email at watchbotspod.com. What if I really want to give feedback about your podcast? Well, you could do that at email at watchbotspod.com. What if I wanted nudes of you, Ben? You would go to tpublic.com slash artist slash it's either watchbots or watchbotspod. And I'll tell you what. I was on a skateboard site the other day. I started plugging our logo onto a skateboard. It looked pretty yeah. good. You want to shoot me I some money? I'll give you the fucking thing, and you can put it on your wall. You won't find that okay. on Public, but you contact us at email at watchbotspod.com. <laughs> if you want to give negative feedback, don't do it through iTunes. That's bullshit. Let's dialogue. Call Let's us discourse. Up. Send me Here's a text. Shailen's phone number. 1-800-GAPING-HOLE. <laughs> but please do. Leave good feedback on iTunes and, and Spotify and, and all those places. Come on. If you give us a five-star rating and review, we will give you a, a, a gift card to our t-shirt store, and you can buy <laughs> t-shirts for free. We can't promise that. <laughs> if you no, send us your address via email, we will mail you a sticker, and you can stick it to a public place to advertise our podcast. Which doesn't have the web address on it, which is a different problem. If you <laughs> leave a review, and then in your review, you're like, talk about big glomers. We'll do that. You know, like, <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a show for the people. Now, look, if you're leaving a review and you want to leave a secret message for us, every first letter of your sentence mm-hmm. Of every sentence needs to spell out the secret message. And hopefully it reads, send me Ben nudes. Mm-hmm. And we will. We will send you those dong pics. In your five-star reviews, you should write about how I'm right about all these weird subtexts. And the challenge being approved about it. But, but I'm not going to tell you how to write your review. Just know that you write a review, especially with a funny username, you'll get a little treat. Give us your mailing address, as Jalen suggested, and we'll show up at your house <laughs> screaming. We'll mail you a sticker. We'll do a live recording at your house. We'll show up and do a singing telegram. Shailen will do the Ringo Star voice. She'll be, people will love it. They'll go crazy. But for Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And 
You know, I think that the Ringo Starr thing needs a little bit of a break, right? Shelley, would you agree mm-hmm. with that? But what I don't agree with is that we need to stop with the musical outros. So what Dave and I are going to do is the bow, 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 bows. And mm-hmm. you're going to sing about Henry being a pervert to no. the tune of girls just want to have fun. I'm not singing about Henry being a pervert. What will you sing about? Wake up in the middle of the night. We're in made of it and it's very tight. Henry's leaning over my bed and I just want to run. Oh, Punky just wants to run. I got so much darker than I thought it would, and somehow I already thought it would be dark. What do you mean? 